there and welcome to Thrive Church Podcast here in Puyallup, Washington. We're so glad you found us and hope you enjoy listening to this sermon of the week. Uh, we've had a couple already invading the impossible and focus on his presence. Uh, and Helen is going to jump into talking about revival. Uh, we value revival and what that means to us. What does that mean to us? We, uh, I'll let her do that. I'm going to let her tell you because it's, it's really good. So um, I'm going to just jump through this. We've been doing it for a couple weeks now. We have activations. That's the sheet that I just passed out. Uh, I'm going to just try to get us through this so that Helen doesn't have to do all this stuff. But we've got, uh, next week we we have, oh, there's the other announcement that I had. I forgot all about it. Um, yeah, thank you. Uh, why don't you pass all those out really quick. Um, next week our activation has to do with, uh, we're doing a supplies drive for Helping Hand House, who serves uh, homeless families in our region. And so we're going to be collecting these items. Um, starting next week we'll have a, a collection center back in the foyer somewhere and uh, we'll be doing collecting those things so uh, take a look at that list and, and if you can plan to bring something that that will bless helping hand house as they minister to homeless families in our in our region so cool We've got all this line up here next week I'll be speaking then Angie and then me again and then Nikki will close us out with uh, our value for people uh, okay so our Thrive mission statement. I've been putting this in every week because I, I think it's really good to understand why are we here? How many think that's a good idea, right? So here's our mission statement. Expanding God's kingdom by igniting transformation through vibrant growth, individually and globally. I think if we were to boil our mission down into one word, it's growth. We are called to help people grow uh, and we are called to grow God's kingdom, amen? Awesome. There, I did it. I said it. It's all good. We're moving on. All right, here we are. Revival. Uh, would you guys welcome Helen as she comes to share about revival? She's carrying revival and a baby. But so. <laughs> Thanks, guys. What a big topic, though. I mean, like, it's like revival. Hmm. Well, as a value, though, you know, what does it look like? when you value revival in yourself, you know, as a way of life for yourself versus a big move of God or, you know, that sort of thing. Now, we certainly love when God moves in a big way and brings more of a reformation and an awakening. Um, It's something we definitely go for, but I just want to read kind of like our big statement on revival as a value. And we see revival as a state of being that we're made to live in, not something we're trying to pray in, but rather something we carry as sons and daughters of God. We are revival, and through intimacy with Jesus and Holy Spirit in us, we release life, i.e. revive, the world around us. So that's kind of like the focus that I'm going to be on with when it comes to revival this morning. Because um, it starts with you, me, and how we live our lives and how we choose to continually improve our lives and, and that sort of thing. So it's, uh, yeah, I just pulled up the definition of revival because, the, and I just want to just go straight to 
point C2, because this made me laugh. An often highly emotional evangelistic meeting or series of meetings. That just made me laugh if that's how they chose to define it. Because those of us that are in that, like, you know it's not a highly emo you know, emotional or hyped up kind of meeting. And it's and it's more than that. And so but I really appreciate the other points up there in that it's an instant of just a state of constantly being revived, constantly renewing your attention. You know, what is your attention being on? Renewing your attention on Jesus or an interest in something. Like, what has he called you to be passionate about? And just continually reviving yourself in that area of passion. Um, a period, uh, sorry, a new presentation or publication of something old. You know, sometimes it's um, him releasing revelation and giving you a new presentation of something or reviving something that was old and maybe it's like, well, hold on, this is maybe what it can be now for today and that sort of thing. Um, I love the word here on point two. It says restoration of force, validity or effect. And this replies to a contract, but revival it has, you know, movement in it. It has force behind it and it has the ability to change things. And that's the main thing about it that we love. So if what I'm going to do is kind of take that statement at the beginning and kind of break it down because we touch on a lot of things. We touch it at being releasing the power of the normal Christian lifestyle. So, but what is that? What is the normal Christian lifestyle? And I don't think can even summarize it. It's so big, but um, a couple of thoughts that I have is that, um, well, let me, let me actually put it this way. So there's two, two scriptures that I have that mention the word revive, but the Hebrew meaning of the word revive in each of those scriptures means something different. And so this one, for example, will you not revive us again that your people may rejo rejoice in you? So the Hebrew word in this for revive is haya, which means to quicken and refresh, revive from death and restore. So it's like the first part of being in revival lifestyle and that normal Christian lifestyle is to be born again. Like it's talking about going from death to life. Um, and so that's your first step, you know, is to revive me, like revive you in that. Um, let me go back actually. So what does it look like to have that normal Christian lifestyle after you've been saved though? I'll tell you what it doesn't look like and I'm going to share a little testimony of kind of how I went from, well, I thought I was saved to like, oh, this is what it means to be saved and living and, uh, you know, in Christian lifestyle. I'll tell you what it's not. It's not just surviving and it's not just kind of going about and just um, coping with things that come your way and just getting on with it and, and digging the trenches and that sort of thing. And, and it's not without any move or visibility of God. Like a Christian lifestyle should demonstrate Jesus in your life. It should demonstrate to those around you. And so, for example, when I got saved, it was back in, I think, 2007. And I sort of, being brought up kind of knowing about God, uh, my family sort of, they did met, my parents met at church. They were taught Sunday school in England, that sort of thing. But they never kind of followed through into my upbringing. 
it was kind of the thing we did on holiday. So it's like, oh, every Easter we definitely went to church, you know, and that sort of thing. But it wasn't part of our normal everyday life. And so when I met Robbie, and he was like, you know, it's really important to me that if I'm, you know, seeing somebody that they believe in God. And, and I was like, well, I'm not like closed off to it. You know, I'm, I'm, I want to know. So maybe you can show me because like, I just don't know. To me, it was the you know, like everything we're moving away from, you know, that sort of thing. And so I remember coming to church in California. I don't even remember what was taught that night. I just remember there was a call to just come up and receive prayer. It wasn't like a normal salvation altar call. But I was sitting there and I was just like... And looking back now, I'm like, oh, I had a vision. Oh, you know, I have all these words for things that I was experiencing, but I literally saw myself and I traipsed mud through the whole church and I just felt filthy. And I was like, oh, I don't want to feel like this. You know, it wasn't like ashamed or, or anything like that. I was just like, ooh, I don't know if I like what I'm feeling right now. And so I came into the kingdom that night and that was great. And then, um, it was kind of like this crash course of, you know, um, I straight away went into this like Christianity 101, you know, like his, but it was like kind of talking about the supernatural and the Holy Spirit. And then as like I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and then I shoot it off to back to England and then my parents divorced and then like all this stuff started happening and I'm like, okay, what's going on? Like, how do I remain strong in my faith? Like I have this new, Jesus with me like what am I supposed to be doing and it just felt really odd and I was like and then just life happened and I don't know I don't think there was one thing that kind of just set the thing in motion but I mean after moving back here well to California at the time after all after getting married and stuff I just remember we just moved up here and I just hit a point where I was like this cannot be the way that I'm supposed to be like it just I was sick of going around the same mountains in my marriage going around the same mountains in my finances going around the same mindsets in my mind of God what is your will for my life what is your plan for my life am I on the right track what am I supposed to do what am I supposed to do not being able to hear clearly constantly but like having like okay is my heart in the right place you know and I was like this can't be it like where's the God who moves where's the God that manifests where's the God that demonstrates you know I'm like I want a church that shows the power that demonstrates the power like I'm sick about reading about it and not seeing it I wanted to experience it so I just got to a point where I was like this cannot be what being saved is all about basically and so I ended up going through uh, intense like deliverance ministry at that time because I was like okay I just don't have any like I don't know what else to do and there was a friend that came up with a friend of the families and it's her ministry and it's like one of those things where you usually meet like once a week for intense like four hour sessions type thing and you kind of go through your whole checklist and and uh we had two hours I'm like okay so crash course I mean talk about like okay this is God you just download and you just go at it for me because you know I mean I can carry that I can handle that that's fine so we literally have like a two-hour session, and then she's like, okay, you and Robbie do the rest. I'm like, okay. So I mean, we met every night, we went through, we picked a few things, take care of it. We were replacing lies with truth. We were de declaring things every day. And it was like, 
the light switched on for the first time. I was like, as I was going through these um, breaking down strongholds in my mind of, you know, things like that, it was like Jesus was there saying like, I paid for that one, I paid for that one, I paid for that one. And as I was listing it down, I was like, oh my gosh, you did, that's what you did. Like I fully understood what he did on the cross. And it was like fireworks going off in my brain. I'm listening to songs that I listened to like three weeks before and now I'm like bawling my eyes out on the kitchen floor thing. Oh, I get it now. Like, I understand like all these things, you know. you. I think the album I was just on replay was uh, No Longer Slaves, Bethel one. And it, you know, the, um, and it was just, oh, I get it. <laughs> I just can't explain it. It was like ears unplugged, eyes open. I fully understand. And now I want nothing else. Yeah. You know, it just really birthed the hunger and the taste of that freedom. I was like, this is what it was. And it wasn't, you know, for me anyway, it wasn't going to a meeting and experiencing and having that encounter. It was right there in my living room, just me and Robbie, you know, just going after this and being like, God, you're the God that shows up. So show up, take care of this, tell me the truth. And, and it's like, well, now I know the voice of God. Like it just really trained you in that time too, to be able to go from Oh, my hearing right. I mean, I was just questioning everything. I didn't know who to listen to in my own head and my own heart to like, oh, that is you. I know that's you. And um, so I just really felt like that's more of what the normal Christian lifestyle is. You know, it's more about just being able to sort things out get it done and watch him move in your life and to be a constant thing that carries forward. Like it's not just a one-time event. And so, you know, my previous idea of salvation was around believing that God exists, believing that Jesus, yeah, like I believe Jesus did what he said he did. It was like, I believed he existed, you know, and that sort of thing. And it was more for an eternal salvation point of view that I got saved. So then like getting saved and being like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is where I, who I am. This is like, it's salvation through deliverance for the full demonstration of who he is in your life. So, so I mean, like, it makes me wonder, like, how many people are going around with the first side of things? Like, I'm saved because I know where I'm going when I die. I couldn't tell you, you know, what Jesus did for me last week, but I know where I'm going when I die. I just not settling for that anymore. <laughs> so <clears throat> this next one sort of speaks more to that side of things in that Psalm 19:7 The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. And the word revive here in the Hebrew is a different word. I think it's pronounced shub. Anyway, it's meaning to return to, to turn back and to repent in repetition. So part of being in revival is to constantly clearing out your soul, like constantly repenting, constantly looking for those bits that we get stuck on and saying, okay, I'm not going to be able to tackle this by myself, so show me what to do type thing. So get born again, but don't forget the other side of revive, which is what I just said. 
revival in you happens when you have that awareness of something missing or wrong in your life that can only be righted by God and then acting upon that prompting. Don't be afraid of that. You know, don't be afraid of if he, the Holy Spirit is just saying, you know, maybe you shouldn't watch that. Like, or maybe you shouldn't respond that way. Or, um, I don't know, so many examples. But that's where he truly gets to demonstrate his nature to us, though, as well. And so... For me, like having the revival as a, as, a, as a value of what the normal Christian lifestyle is, it's like just constantly being, help me out in this area, like, and reevaluating where you're at, reevaluating kind of, okay, where is an area that I'm not thriving? And how do I deal with that? And what do I do for it? And what lies am I believing that's preventing me from going forward in that area? Jesus modeled the normal Christian lifestyle and there was nothing normal about it. <laughs> so, I mean, like, normal in our days seems pretty boring, right? We just, we want to be exciting, we want to be fresh, we want to be on the cutting edge of something. So what was his model of living? Well, he, you know, he went about his father's business, he healed the sick, he cast out demons, he was revealing the nature of his father. Didn't, you know, he was like, constant walking in the intimacy, with that it's wonderful of expectation of God to move and for change to happen like he knew wherever he went something was going to happen he expected it in fact he was trying to tell people not to say anything because he just wanted to be able to go places and to be able to move versus having a mob reach him when he got there it's a lifestyle that shifts atmospheres. When you have that mindset, you know that you have the power to change things because you've seen it happen in your own life. I mean, he even said, you'll do greater things than me. That means that there's an opportunity to keep pushing forward, to keep improving, to keep moving. And it doesn't have to be just stuck where you're at. Um, you know, it's one of demonstration. That was my biggest hunger. I was like, God, I just want to see you demonstrate. And this is what that can look like. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.6, in the Passion it says, For the reality of the, of the truth of Christ is seen among you and strengthened through your experience of him. I love it in the footnotes here. It expands the word um, strengthened to be confirmed in the building and establishment of communities. It's like the revival that happens in you that demonstrates Jesus as you go about has the ability to change people around you if you release it, right? It has the ability to establish communities, communities based on his foundation. It has the ability to build things up. There's the communities are confirmed in who they are, they're strengthened in who they are, and they're established through your experience with him. So expect to hear him, hear God, to see him move every day. Just expect him to show up, not just here on a Sunday morning, you know. So we are revival, each and every one of us, through intimacy with Jesus and the Holy Spirit in us. That's what we put in our value. Intimacy alone is a big topic and not something you can sort of finish up on but it does allow you to consistently look at okay am I living in like what areas am I not that close with God about or is there 
sometimes it's just constantly the mindset change of how you view God and or Jesus or whoever you kind of mostly talk to. But this is just one area, for example, that I loved and I recently discovered. It was John 15, 15, again in the Passion. It says, I've never called you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants. And servants don't always understand what the master is doing. But I call you my most intimate friends, for I reveal to you everything that I've heard from my father. For me, this was really comforting because I was like, oh, I get to understand what God is doing in that moment because I have intimacy with him and I'm called an intimate friend and not a servant to a master. So it's like I get to understand what he wants to do in that moment through him directly too. And so that's just kind of one area on intimacy. Okay, so another part of our value is we release life, revive the world around us. Releasing means it's not just for you. So when you go through these things and you get breakthrough in a certain area and God's reviving you in a particular mindset maybe or or physical area in your life, you get to partner with the Holy Spirit and release that freedom to those around you. Encourage those around you. Bring that healing to those around you. It's simply the gift of who you are that releases the life to those around you. So... I kind of just, you know, get frustrated with where we're at sometimes as a culture because we're constantly looking to the other person. Oh, that person's really good at that, so, you know, I must be something wrong with me or whatever. But it's like valuing who they are and the passion that they carry. And when they're really walking in what they're supposed to be, it just, you know, it just seeps off of them. You just know that they're like right on the money in what they want to do, right on the money in what God's called them to do. And it's, it's, it's encouraging. It builds hunger. It just ignites something in you. It's simply the gift, just getting confident in who you are and how God's gift manifests through you just encourages everybody around you when you're really walking in yourself and not somebody else. So just get really good at that. (laughs) I don't know, for me, for example, when she just left the room, if I want to get inspired about eating healthy and getting fit, I I want to take Brittany out for coffee because there's just a grace and a passion on her that I can't help but walk away thinking, I can do this. I can get back onto eating right and, you know, know, making good choices and, and getting to the gym and stuff like that. Because she has that passion and that grace on her life right now where it's infectious. Like, it just ignites something in me. So it's like if you are having, wanting hunger in a certain area, like, find those that are really thriving in that and go and hang out with them. Like, you can't help but get the release of that. Like, for me, if I want to get more on fire in this kind of stuff or in the prophetic, like, I love to go and have coffee with John or Val King over at Passion or any, anyone else in the leaders in this region because it just spurs me on. Be like, okay, cool, you speak my language. Like, I can get stirred up in that, and that's what helps. It's okay to do that because it just builds us all up. It's really important, yeah. The revival in you, it brings reformation to everything around you. And that's what we need. Like... <laughs> 
we don't need another good meeting type thing. And I know that's been said a lot, but it's like if we just all come to terms with getting fired up for ourselves and what God wants to do in us and seeing him move in us, it just overflows to those around us and it doesn't matter. It's something that you carry as sons and daughters. You know, we talked about the seven mountain prophecy mandate, whatever, here before. And it's so, so important to understand that it's like this kind of talk of revival and stuff, it's not just limited to, to the church. Like each and every one of you is a revivalist in your own sphere of influence, right? So it's, it's that you, because all it is is that you bring about change. You improve where things are. You have the ability to bring reformation in education and government and business and technology and um, entertainment and all, you know, I think there's like mini mountains in the mountain, but you know, <laughs> it's like you could just, any area, right? You know, Robbie, in, a, in technology, you know, and stuff like that, when things are moving so fast, you have an ability to get so intimate with Holy Spirit that you're actually ahead of the game. Yeah. You know, you have an ability to to see God as your intimate friend and understand where things are going before they even happen. That's what revival can look like for you in just one area. There's many others, but it's also like as your character changes, the integrity and honor that you bring in the workplace too just can't help but make you stand out as well, right? Justice, chasing the dreams, God for financial blueprints and release. You have an ability to give people with ownership of land and like having a roof over their head, that security. What does God's house look like for them in that? To have that intimacy with the Holy Spirit and that influence in who you are and God's character building in you that there's something about your integrity and your honor that makes people trust you. And, and advances you in your business, teaching people about heaven's economy and heaven's way versus what, you know, relying on otherwise. It's just such a gift that you get to give as a revivalist in your area and how you influence those around you. Just can't help but spill out. So there's so much, so many of you in your own areas that have an ability to not be left behind, you know? Not just kind of surviving, but have an ability to change things, to bring reformation, to start in your own place. It just benefits the community, it benefits the church, and they don't even have to come here. So bring the testimonies, you know? It can't help but stir up hunger when you hear testimonies. Testimonies of things happening outside of the church are really good to hear too, versus what happens on a Sunday morning. So, oh yeah, I'm done. Okay. I don't know. I think I've kind of painted a picture of what I think it could look like for us here at Thrive. Everybody's having revival as a lifestyle. You know, it's, it's constantly having that pos position of renewing your mind, constantly having the position of reevaluating your life and where can we have improvements and what are we going to go after? And it's like, take God at his word, you know? 
He has big, lofty promises in the Bible. Like, nothing is impossible. Ask and you shall receive. Like, they're big, lofty promises, and sometimes they're kind of hard to digest. They're hard to, you know, build up the faith to be able to really receive. So take it as baby steps, you know? Just make little changes. Like, okay, Lord, what do you want to go after? Is there a lie that I'm believing about this? What am I facing? You know, I love that we touched on the impossible, like, during part of worship this morning. But it just does kind of just come with self-evaluation. Where can I improve? Because... If we are constantly a people that are doing that, it can't help but look like demonstration of Jesus. And that's what people want to see. That's what people are hungry for. They want to see change. They want to see Jesus manifesting. They want to see, you know, demonstration of who he is. And it's not just being a good Christian and doing the right thing. But it's like, hey, getting strategies and solutions and and ideas. And it's just being like, wow, that can't not be God because that person... I never saw them doing that, or whatever, you know, it's like those wild dreams that come true for people. I think that when revival lifestyle begins to flow in all of us, it can't help but stir up hunger. It's unlike the natural this hunger has, you know, the more you taste and see it, the more you want of it. Um, And I believe it starts a chain reaction, results in a regular demonstration of his presence, not just Sunday morning, but carries you throughout the week. Um, Yeah, so I think that's all I have to say today. But, um, so I really encourage you with the activations that we're doing throughout this series to come on Saturday. Come, because if you wanna expect demonstration, you wanna come expecting just, and you want to just catch the fire. I mean, there's a reason why I called it this, because I just, I wanted you to understand that it's, it does something. When you make it a priority and put him first, and be like, you know what? I'm stuck. I just need some breakthrough. Then come. Come on Sunday mornings like that, but come on Saturday night too, and just, you know, with no agenda type thing, and just trust in what he's doing. I think it's going to be really good. So just, yeah, really encourage you to do that. Thank you.